This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Who's going to be the face of the NBA in the next 10 years? I'm going to give you Ja, Luca, Trey Young, LaMelo Ball. It'll be between LaMelo Ball and Ja. If, if LaMelo Ball can get to La La Land, because I think he's built for that. Yes. Like, he has that personality, that moxie, like, He's built for that. I, I think he can be that face. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Hello, welcome to another edition of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay. And the guy that's stopping by for conversation and a drink today is a seven-time All-Star, a seven-time All-NBA selection, a two-time scoring champ, a gold medalist, Hall of Famer. His government name is Tracy McGrady. We all know him as T-Mac. T-Mac, what's up, bro? I'm good, brother. It's a pleasure to be on your platform. Man, thanks for coming on today. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know... Been retired for about nine, ten years now. Um, four kids, married. Um, loving life, bro. And what's crazy is I'm more busier now than when I was actually playing ball. <laughs> yeah, with kids, of course you're going to be more busy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm being pulled every weekend, whether it's volleyball, it's my son's AAU basketball, I'm all over the place. Every weekend, I am gone. So what's the ages? So I have a daughter at the University of Miami right now. This is her freshman year. Okay. Uh, she's the oldest. My youngest is 12. So I got 19, 16, 14, and, and 13. Okay. Two boys, two girls. Oh, well that, that's great. Congratulations. First, let me congratulate you on your business venture. You started a, a league. It's called OBL One's Basketball League. First, let me ask you, what made you decide to start your own league and why this format? Well, I, I think, you know, when you look at the landscape of sports, um, we have three-on-three. Three. Um, you, you talk about UFC, uh, where it's one-on-one fighting. You talk about tennis, you know, uh, two people going at it. But in the sport of basketball, we don't have one-on-one. -on -one. Right. I mean, we have 
under, we have underground leagues, right. but we don't have a major platform to identify. There's a lot of untapped talent out here. Everybody can't make it to the NBA. Right. Everybody can't get that call to go and play overseas and make a hundred, you know, to a half a million dollars. So I wanted to give guys an opportunity here in the States, give them that platform. And, and some of these guys, you know, probably had something to, it, it, you know, along their journey where they deviated off the course, right. made a left turn and, you know, things happened. They were teenagers and they right. didn't get the opportunity to do their dream. I want to offer that dream. So I'm looking to create stars, tell their stories and uh, take this thing global. Do you think one of these guys, or because obviously 101 and the, the thing with the NBA is that all the really great players are all really exceptional one-on-one players. Do you think your platform will allow some of the guys to get a look, even if, if they don't have college eligibility? So I, I'm not, I, I don't want NBA players. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want NBA players. You don't want retired I, NBA I, guys. Uh, no retired NBA guys. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Shay Sharp, there are some guys on the block right now. Right. Uh, give give uh, the elite NBA players the business in the game of one-on-one. Really? Right? What? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, listen, I, I've seen some of these guys, Shay. Right. And these guys, go, man, there's a lot of under underground leagues that are out here. They, people just don't know about it. Right. I want to give them a platform. I'm right. telling you, there, there are Kyrie's out here. There are James Harden's out here. Katie, they're out here. Right. I've seen them. Wow. The league, uh, the ages are from 18 and up. The games are going to start in Atlanta, Chicago, New York, DMV, L.A., the Bay Area, with the finals in Vegas. Now, you're going to have three winners from each city, correct? Yes, sir. Those three guys in each city advance to Vegas. Yes, sir. You win 10000 for each city. Well, the, the winner of each city will win 10000 So there's 32 participants okay. in each city that we're inviting. So you're only taking like, one, one for each city? No, no, no. We're taking three. three okay. But I'm saying the number one winner is going to win the pot okay. for, that, for that region. Okay, okay. And right? then you go to Vegas. So all, so all three, 21 players, they're going to Vegas. Okay. And that's where we're going to crown the king, the ruler of the court, for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So the winner gets two fifty. The other twenty, bro, y'all had a good run, but it's up. Hey, <laughs> hey, man, come back, try it again next year, bro. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I, I look at this, you know, this platform. I kind of, you know, want to get to where UFC is at. Right. Right. Okay. Like who, who, who were the UFC fighters before they got on that platform? Correct. And then they became this character and, and, and became, you know, a big household name. That's what I want to do for these guys right. and, and for the one-on-one league. That's exactly what I want to do. T-Mac, I don't know. We used to have a game. We called it 11 or we call it 21. You own no team. And you grabbed the ball, and you, everybody had to play defense. You tried to score on everybody, and the winner, you felt like you really accomplished something because sometimes you got a guy that's way taller than you, way older than you, guarding you, and the first one to 11 or the first one to 21, man, you felt like you accomplished something. Man, absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> so here's, here's what I don't want to happen, though, Shay. I okay. don't want to have a 5'10 guy going up against a 6'10 guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that, that's kind of lopsided because 
the 16 guy, all he got to do is just back the guy down right. and then, you know, get an easy bucket. So going through the first season, you know, we're going to have to try to watch out right. for that. Right. But here's what I, here's what the, the, the ideal of one-on-one, what I want to bring to the people. I want to break it into a height class. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wrestling have weight classes. I want to do height classes. So you got your six, three and under. Right. Right. Then you got your six, four, the six, seven class. Right. Right. So I, I want it to be evened out. I don't want this to be a gimmick. Right. And then if, you know, in those classes, whether well, it's a six, three guy who's the champion and there's a six, 10 guy and the fans want to see that matchup. Hey, maybe, maybe we'll make that happen. Right. But I want it to be evenly matched. Right. Before we, you know, create those type of matchups because I don't want it to be a gimmick. It's funny that you say that because in the original UFC, there were no weight classes. So, oh, you, so right. you had a 150 pound guy fighting a 250 or 300 pound guy. Absolutely. And, and, and it wasn't great content. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't great content. T Mac, when did, when did T Mac happen? I mean, obviously, you say you got a son that's playing AA, traveling AAU ball. You played traveling AAU ball. You went to the tournament, turn, uh, uh, the tourneys. I don't know if it's the ABC, the Nike, or wherever the case may be. When did T Mac become T Mac? 1996, summer of 1996, in Teaneck, New Jersey. I was playing spring football, sharp. <laughs> and out of nowhere, this guy that was affiliated with Adidas came down to Polk County and said he had an opportunity for me. But within that opportunity, I had to stop playing football. Okay. So he gave me the opportunity to go and play at the Adidas camp. I knew nothing about this. This is my first camp ever. You know, I'm, I'm in small, you know, Arvindale, Florida, 10,000 people. I don't know what's going on outside of Central Florida. Right. I hear about Lamar Odom. And these these elite guys. And I'm like, you know, let's go. I want to I, I want to see where I am as a basketball player, because I felt that I'm, I'm one of the best. Right. But I don't know. I've never played against talent outside of, you know, Florida. Right. So I get to this camp, Sharp, and I'm seeing this 16 point guard, man. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> You know, 16, where I'm at, they're going to make you the center. Correct. This dude is bringing the ball up, and he looks smooth. I'm like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was the first guy I faced, man, and, you know, I had a great game against him. And then throughout that whole camp, you know, I was just making a name for myself. There's the buzz going around, like, who's this cat? This cat, Trace McGrady from Florida. Right. And, bro, here comes the – I made the all-star game that weekend. In the signature to put the icing on the cake for that weekend, I was coming down on the left side and a guy was running down the middle and I didn't really see him. I was going to windmill, you know, that that was in my mind. Right. So windmill this ball. So I went up, windmill, it just so happened, he jumped into me and I windmilled on him and everybody in the stands, people running on the court, <laughs> it was pandemonium in there. Okay, so... That's when I arrived. From that point on, is I made a name for myself, and that just took place in the summer. So, so you knew from that moment, okay, there's going to never be any more football. I'm Tracy McGrady. I've arrived. Okay, let me focus on this. My life changed at that very moment. When I left that camp, I was being considered as the top prospect 
in our class, in 1997 class, high school basketball players. When it played out my high school career, my senior year in Durham, North Carolina, and I became the number one basketball player in America. So you leave Florida to go to Durham, North Carolina. What kind of transition was that? Because you had said you really hadn't been out of, outside of Central Florida. You hadn't seen a whole lot of players outside of Central Florida. So now you leave your, your base, which is Central Florida, and go to Durham, North Carolina. Why did you do that? You know what, Shay? It, it's, it's really just taking a leap of faith. Okay. You know what I mean? Because I've seen so many guys come before me that was extremely talented, but they ended up becoming local heroes, right. local celebrities, uh, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So this was just an opportunity. I mean, this was all God's, God's plan for somebody to d- discover me that I had no relationship with and give me the opportunity to go to this Adidas camp. That was that that created the path for me and that created confidence that I was on that right path. Right. So it was just a no-brainer for me to leave Florida because of the opportunity that presented you know itself. presented itself, right. and I couldn't, I could not let that pass by. And it was, you know, obviously being a great decision on you know my my part and my family. Your senior year, after you finish up your senior year, did you have any ambitions of going to play college? Oh, so you were going to go to Kentucky. Yes, sir. I knew you was going with that. Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen, I, I took my visit to a couple of colleges. But I went when I went to Kentucky and I saw how those boys was living, I said, I'm going, this is where I want to go to school. Okay. Right? I, I was already a fan before I went there. Right. But when I took that visit, bro, and I seen how they were living up there as college students, college athletes. Right. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go to Kentucky. What? Adidas, you go to the Adidas camp, you make a name for yourself at the Adidas camp. Adidas come in and say, okay, we got something special here. We about to break him off. What's going through your mind now? <laughs> so I'm sitting in my coach's office. Okay. And, you know, he's telling me, I, 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 you know, giving me this, this speech, you know, I know you love uh, Kentucky and what they have to offer. And I know you'll do great just giving me all this. But he's like, I, I have an offer from Adidas. They want you really bad. And when he sat it in front of me, it, it at that time, 18 years old, it's not a hard decision. Uh, no, it's you not. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's not a hard Coming decision. Coming from where when we you, came from? Right, from where we came from. It's, it's like, man, forget college, bro. They just <laughs> offered me $12 million. Like, what? <laughs> I can't turn that down. Right. So you see this check of night, Tracy McGrady, 12 million. What's going through your mind? Mama, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> Mama, we rich. Mama, rich. Hey, man, look. Hey, man, look. I ain't got to be laying on the couch and hearing rat traps being popped. I ain't got to turn on the, the, the stove to the, the, the warm up the house that night. Got to go get some kerosene to put on that heater. I ain't got to do none of that stuff no more. Hey, man, hey, this is too much information for you, but, bro, I used to sit 
sit on the toilet and have to raise my feet up because we had rats running around, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man. Oh, them days is over with, bro. <laughs> so you in the... Obviously, your, your mom's not there. Was your mom with you, or did you call your mom on the phone and say, Mom, get up here. I got some great news. I want you to see this, Mama. Nah, so my, my parents were still in Florida, and I was uh, I was in North Carolina okay. at the time still. Yeah, so I, I called. I made the call to them, and, you know, obviously, that was overwhelmed with joy. But, uh, man, that's, to me, that's what it's all about, man, That that type of impact that you have on your family and, even going through my career, I, you know, I, did, I wasn't fortunate enough to win a championship. Right. But when I look back on what I was able to do for my mother and my grandmother. You won the championship man, in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so you, you, you get to let me ask you a question. Let's just say for the sake of argument, we're going to fast forward. We come to 2021. Somebody got obviously 12 million dollars. Kentucky is still on the table. Are you going to Kentucky with twelve million in your pocket? Because you know Kentucky is a is a is a Nike school. You can't wear Adidas at a Nike school. What you gonna do, T Mac? I'm going to Kentucky, bro. You gonna take the twelve um, million and still go? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I listen. If I can make twelve million dollars and enjoy the college experience, right? Why not? Why not? I, I I love college basketball. Right. I watch it faithfully. Right. I watch my Kentucky Wildcats faithfully. So, yes, I would have taken that 12 and went to Kentucky for sure. Obviously, it was a great experience to go to the uh, NBA. But do you wish you could have enjoyed the college experience at least for just one year? Go to step show, to be on the yard. I, I don't know. You're not gonna play it your first year, but just to be, just to be a college kid. Because when you go to the NBA, you're an adult. I don't care if you're 18. You're an adult. Because you gotta get, yes. you gotta get a, play, a place to stay. You got to sign a lease. You gotta play. You gotta pay all the bills, all the bills in your name. So you're no longer a kid. You're a grown ass man. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I think the uh, all that stuff that you mentioned, I, I I don't care about that. But I think, you know, the one thing I, I do miss out on is that the whole March Madness thing. Like that experience to me is is like the memory that you would love to create mm-hmm. and be able to talk about those memories 30, 40 years from now. So for that, yes, I have I wish I had the opportunity to experience that. But, you know, going to the parties and stuff like that, I mean, that 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 really is not my thing. Uh, when you when you played in the league, how much one on one did you play? Because, you know, the only time we get a chance to do so the only time we get a chance to do one on one with DBs. I mean, it's a drill. We got one on one, but we just not a hey, calling somebody out there just for fun. But you get a chance, an opportunity to go one-on-one against a teammate. How often did you do that? So, first of all, I grew up playing one-on-one basketball. Right. Like, that, that, was, my, that was my thing. I, I loved it. Um, whether it was with my brothers putting the, making a, a clothes hanger into a basket. You know about that. <laughs> yeah. Right? We had a bicycle reel. We had a bicycle, bicycle reel. You knocked the spokes out. <laughs> yeah. So you, you know about all Absolutely. So we did all that in the right. hood, right? Um, but when I got to the league, obviously I felt like I was, you know, pretty talented offensively. And my teammate was Doug Christie, who was a premier uh, defender in the NBA. 
So I took it upon myself to play against Doug Christie every single day, one-on-one basketball. Because I know if I can figure him out and score on him, then I can score on anybody in the NBA. And, and with that, built my confidence as well. And right. that's why one-on-one to me is so important because you could go and train two hours with the personal trainer, but then you go and play five-on-five organized basketball. You have a coach. That coach has a different philosophy and role for you that you probably see yourself. And I'm not talking about the elite players. I'm talking about the guys that, you know, probably are really talented, right. but they're not the guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they, they, they're being put in a role. So you train two hours, you go in and, and play five on five organized basketball. The role might not be conducive to what you're training it. Right. Okay. You see what I'm yeah. So, how many opportunities are you really going to get to where you feel you're extremely confident as a ball player? Right. So one-on-one to me, if you do that same two-hour training and you're training or, or playing one-on-one every single day, your mental toughness is going to get better and your physical and your skills uh, skill set is going to improve immensely. Did you did you call out any players? Obviously, you say you 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 cut your teeth with Doug Christie because he was a premier defender, and you felt that if I can beat him, I feel I should be able to beat him, him, him. But did you call out some of the offensive guys because you know it's I'm better than you one on one, bro. You're not, bro. You're not better than me one on one. Stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't call out anybody. Um, you know, I, obviously, Kobe was somebody that, you know, I considered one of the best one-on-one players. Like, he was the ceiling as far as one-on-one basketball. Right. And I knew because he was older than I was, he came into the league before me, I knew I had to sharpen my skills and my one-on-one skills if I wanted to compete against him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I so he, was your, he was the measuring stick. He was the bar. Right. He was the bar. When I'm, I'm a young kid looking at Cole, I'm like, okay, he's the bar. He's who I got to come at, you know, and, and, and make a name for myself competing against him. T-Mac, when you were growing up, were you always the first one picked? So when they choose an upside at the park, were you the, were you the, first, were you the number one overall draft pick every time? <laughs> I was, in, in all sports. But <laughs> what's crazy is, you know basketball is my third sport, right? Really? Yeah, basketball is my third sport. My 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 first sport is baseball. Okay, and then I played football. Were you a pitcher? I played as, as a kid. I played more baseball and football than I did basketball. Wow. You keep you said that I, I read what you said. The best part about the NBA is the one on one, because basically it's a lot of one on one. Okay, I, the man in front of me, I got to beat the man in front of me. And you look at some of these one on one players like KD and Steph and Kyrie. Right now, as you and I have this discussion, who do you believe is the best one-on-one player in the NBA? I have to say it'll probably be KD. I don't think anybody can mess with KD at one-on-one. Seven foot, can shoot, can handle. I mean, he's so lethal offensively. But... We got we gotta have see, we gotta have that height. We gotta have that height. Because Kyrie that, that, I, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. 
But when we talking one on one and 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 not if, if we're doing height wise yeah. the, the class, Kyrie, man. <laughs> Kyrie got a bag, man. Oh my God. I'm talking about a very deep bag. Yeah. Very deep bag. Yeah, he got a Santa Christmas bag. He got one of those <laughs> bags. Yeah, he got one of them bags. <laughs> hey, hey, he got a couple sacks that he got on his back, bro. He's carrying around. When you look at Kyrie, he got game from the three-point to the mid-range. Have you ever seen a man his size finish at the rim with either hand, kisses, the floaters, the, the fallaways? Like, have you seen anybody in your time and even now be able to finish like Kai can? Yeah, yeah. Rod Strickland. Wow. Rod, Rod Strickland was one of the greatest finishers at that size that I've ever seen. And he had handles, too. And and I think that you know what's crazy. I think that's Kyrie's godfather. Okay. I think there's a relationship there right. between those two. Right. But yeah, straight, straight. Oh my God, he was he was one of the best at finishing around the rim and had the handles. You mentioned KD, and when people talk about one on one, they say KD. The guy's seven foot tall. He got three point range. He got the mid range pull up. He got the heavy pull up. He doesn't really. He doesn't really try. He likes to like the mid range. You don't really try to get all the way to the rim, although he can. Besides the height, obviously seven foot tall makes you very unique. Besides the height, what makes KD so unique? Um, you start, Shannon. You can't leave out the height. <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave out the height because that was that's what makes him so unique. Is, is, is he's seven foot and to be able to shoot the ball and be efficient that way. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, think about it. This man is shooting 50-some percent and it's mostly jumpers. It is. Right? It, like, that, that, that is insane to me. So I can't leave out the hype on KD because that is, that's what makes him so unique and dynamic. Is he the most skilled player in, that we've ever seen in the NBA because of the hype? The most skilled player I've ever seen is Kobe. Okay. More than the MJ. Skilled, the most skilled NBA, the most skilled basketball player I ever seen is Kobe Bean Bryant. Talk about Kobe's Kobe. bag. Listen, man. So so you 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 got MJ, right? right. And and Kobe took who MJ was but enhanced the skill set, had a better handle. Right. MJ didn't shoot, MJ didn't shoot threes like that. No. So Kobe took it upon and, and, and added the three ball to his game because that's where the game evolved to. But skill-wise, I mean, the, the, the moves, the footwork, he had, a, he had it all. You, Kobe in a one-on-one -on -one battle, do you believe anybody could beat Kobe in a one-on-one -on -one battle? Let's just say in their prime, MJ and Kobe, one on one. Who you taking? <laughs> I think, I, and I'm putting myself in there. Oh, you okay? I, 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 I would throw you in there. I, I, I put myself in there. I think if you play ten games, it'll be five five. Maybe it'll be six four one, but I, I don't think it'll be. You know, eight two or seven three or anything like that. I'm, I'm gonna I don't know who toss up. Okay, we're gonna play. We're gonna play a series of five. You get Kobe five times. You get MJ five times. 
Kobe, MJ, what's it going to be? Is it going to be 3-2? Is it, it going to be, is, I mean, is it going to be 3-0? I mean, what, what is it going to be? I Listen, I could sit here and say it'd be 3-0, 3-2. I mean, that's, it's hypothetical. I don't know. With that, it'll never happen. But all I know is it'll be a damn good show. <laughs> it'll be It'll be a damn good show that people would definitely want to tune into. Well, people, it was trending T-Mac versus Tracy McGrady because you were one of the first big guys, slender guys, six foot seven, could handle the ball, could shoot the three, pull up from the mid-range, but you got all the way to the rim. You were looking to posterize people. Absolutely. That, my thing was, <laughs> and I was telling my kids this, this weekend because we had an AAU tournament in Indiana. Right. And our first game, we played against the tallest teenager in the world. He was 7'6", kid out of Canada. I, I, man, I was telling my kids, because it was like, oh my gosh, he's so tall, he's going to block everything. I say, man, I would try to dunk on him if I was y'all. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, it couldn't be me, because I'd be trying to put him <laughs> on the ground, on his back. Right. So, like, their, their mentality is totally different. So, yeah, my, my thing was, Bro, if you're in a way, I'm going to try to go through you or over top of you. Right. The playoff started. Obviously, the Knicks, the uh, Knicks, the Nets played. KD, Kyrie, are they the most skilled pair of teammates that we've ever seen? Without a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. I, I, I haven't seen a pair, a duo that skilled. Um, Mike and, and, and Pip. But Pip ain't have no offensive game like that. Jordan had the offensive game. But he, nah, but Pip did, though. That's that Pip did have offensive game, but Mike Not was like, just so Mike was so great. Right. I mean, Pip did average 20 points now. Yeah. You did, know, you, did you know he, he was the uh, all-star game MVP uh, the year Mike left? He finished in the top five in MVP voting. But when I'm talking about, you look at what Kyrie, how Kyrie can date with Rucker. And you look at KD, you mentioned KD seven foot tall from the three point all the way to the rim, can do it all. Pip ain't got that in the, had that in the bag. No, he, he doesn't. But I mean, that's the only thing I can go off of, though. I, I can't, there's no other dynamic duel um, that compares to KD and Kyrie. I mean, even if you look at Le what LeBron and, and D-Wade was, skill-wise, they, they're no. still not touching them two boys. Right. How far even, if, even if I would have played with Grant Hill, I don't know if G. Hill and myself, it, it, I think it would have been a challenge, but you got two, six, eight guys that can handle. Uh, I can shoot. G. Hill had a mid-range post-game, can pass, can see the floor. You, you know what? I'm glad you brought up Grant Hill. Do you think about what it could have been had he not suffered that ankle injury? Because he played on that bum ankle in Detroit. And we never, and, and people don't know, we were robbed of an opportunity to see Grant Hill in his, in his true glory. We were robbed of seeing greatness. G. Hill was such a, a, a great talent. Such a cerebral player, um, man. He had it all, bro. And it's just—it was just unfortunate that I we never got the opportunity to play with each other 
uh, consistently because of that ankle. And I know deep down in my heart, if he was healthy, I would have competed for a championship my, my years in Orlando. Wow. Ben Simmons, how much will he help the Nets? Because we know Kyrie and KD going to be KD and Kyrie. We know what they're going to – but what, what does Simmons add to the, to the, uh, the recipe? Simmons add an element to their team that they're missing right now, and that's defensively. Right. That kid can guard one through five. And with him being out so long, it, he could come in right now and have an impact on their team because he can play defense. He doesn't have to shoot the ball because he has two killers on that that's going to do all the scoring for them, along with some of the other guys that they have, Seth Curry, the Patty Mills that can shoot. But the impact that he can have on guarding you know, whoever the other team's best players, whether he's a guard, whether he's a power forward, it doesn't matter. Put Ben Simmons on him, he would neutralize that, and it'll make them a much better defensive team. That's you, what they're missing. You do realize I'm bringing help off Ben Simmons. Whoever's guarding Ben Simmons, if Kyrie gets the ball, go double. If KD gets the ball, I but won't get the ball in Ben Simmons' hands. Listen, listen, but listen what you're saying, though. Yes. You are going to double off of – you're going to double off of Ben Simmons. Yep. Right? And, and, and help on a Kyrie yep. or, or Katie. KD. Yes. So that means so that means you're going to leave Ben Simmons, who is a very smart basketball player who could pass the ball. Yes. And leave, and leave KD in a one-on-one situation if you're going to double Kyrie. What? That is not a smart thing to do. But here's the thing that we know. We saw what Atlanta did to Ben Simmons. Or is he is he where he needs to be mentally? I know what he can be, but I saw what he was last year at the end where yeah. he became unplayable because of the free throw that, and his in and his of he being afraid to shoot the basketball team. Right? That's that's a, that's fair. That's fair because we don't know. I mean, the kid has been out all season. We don't know where he is mentally. Um, I'm hoping with him being out for so long, when he does step foot on the court, that he's healthy um, mentally and ready to go because he has a lot to prove. Right. He, he really does. And I, I think, you know, he, he's going to do that because I, I actually like his game. Last year, I don't know. We don't know what was going on with the kid off the court. Something was bothering him because I've never seen him play that way. Right. How did you how did you like that situation? Because I felt it was unfair. I mean, what Doc what, what Doc said, and then Joel and B said that you know the game turned on. We had a, a layup, and we end up missing a free throw. And I felt there was no coming back from that. T Mac, once he uttered that, I remember coming on the show the next morning. I say they're not coming back from this. Ben Simmons is going to ask for a trade, and sure enough, yeah, he was thrown under the bus. Um, it was just an unfortunate situation that, you know, they looked at him on that particular play and then it, it really just gave fuel to the media. Right. And they ran with that. And it, like you said, there was no coming back in Philadelphia. You know, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once, once some Philly fans was on you. Yeah. And, and, and when, when that series was over, I said to my friends and family, I said, Ben Simmons cannot go back to Philadelphia. Nope. It, it, it is not a good look. They got to trade that young man and get him out of there because it's not going to be uh, a good look for him right. if he was to start that season. Because so they was going to boo him and it was going to get ugly. And it was really, really going to be mentally uh, tough for him to, to, to be engaged 
and, you know, competing at a high level for that organization. Well, they trade James Harden. He leave Brooklyn. He goes to Philly. Philly trades Ben Simmons. How far do you think James Harden and Joel Embiid can go? I actually think that was a bad trade. Wow. I think it was a bad trade. I think Brooklyn won that trade. Um, I think Joel was in such a groove, and that team was in such a groove. Yeah. Now, James Harden is a dynamic scorer and a playmaker, no, no doubt about that. But it seems like to me he's on the, he's slowing down. Right. He can't really get by his his defender no more. Right. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's hurting, but he just he doesn't look the same to me. Um, I just thought they had such great chemistry before the trade to where Joel finally got in great shape to where he could finish out games and take over games. Right. He's surrounded by a guy like Seth Curry who could shoot. I think the missing element out of that team is Tobias Harris. Like he has. If you're going to give him a hundred and something million dollars, bro, you got to elevate your game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why we got to trade, why we got to go and get a guy like James Harden where we hand you a hundred million dollars. Yeah, you're a max player. Right. You're a max player. Like, fill that role for us. Because right. our big man is doing his job. We have shooting. Right. You're the hundred million dollar player. Who's your MVP this season? That's tough. Because you got Joel Embiid that did what he did, led the league in scoring, the first big to do that since Shaq in 2000. You got Nikola Jokic. He's the first man in history to get 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists. You got Giannis. Giannis was Giannis, 30, 12, and 5. You you got (laughs) Devin Booker. He was the best player on the best team. Uh, Where where your MVP? I got to go with Joker. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta go with Joker. I gotta go with Joker, man. That dude, uh, he's he's something special, he man. Is. He he is something special, bro. The man can't jump over a dollar bill, but man, the 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 passing, the rebounding, is what he brings to that team. He doesn't have Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray, correct? And those boys are still winning. They're in the six I, I, six seed. I I have to credit him. But Joel Embiid, the way he came out the gates, can it be a co-MVP? No. Nope. My goodness. I don't know if it's – I, I don't think it's – we've had co-rookies of the year with, with Jason Kidd and, and, and Grant Hill, but I don't they, I don't think they've ever been co-MVPs. Well, this year, it, they have to make an exception because it needs to be one this year because those two, those two boys right there, they did their thing this year, man. I, and I need – I wish both of them would get credited. You know, and I, I hate that – I got to choose one and leave the other. I, I would go with Joker. And you know somebody getting left off, left off first team All-NBA, too, because they play the same position. Somebody getting left yes, out. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You look at LeBron. Yes, sir. You won two scoring titles. LeBron James was in position to win a scoring title. Do you fault him for not going for it, or do you believe he should have gone for it? No. No. For what? No. LeBron has so much, so, so many accomplishments on his resume. He, he doesn't need to chase that. That's beneath him, really. And, you know, his team missing the playoffs. What am I, play, what am I playing for? I don't need to play for a scoring title. Not at all. Are you surprised? He, he doesn't, Le, LeBron doesn't play for that. Right. And had he, because he says, well, I don't play for stats. I don't chase stats. I try to play the game the right way. 
Well, that would have been the wrong way because to try to win the scoring title that means you have to take up, try to take a, get a lot of shots, and you're probably not yeah. gonna pass. You gonna become what you're not, which is he's a pass first guy that can score, and then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna score first now. I will pass later. Yeah, no, you know what? I, I really this year I really love watching LeBron play. Um, now I've, I, I'm a fan of Bron's. It's a phenomenal player, but it was just something about his game this year to where I look like, I said, damn, man, if what I'm seeing out of do and some of the moves that he was making this year, if he had developed that early in his career, man, look <laughs> here. Look at here, bro. He, I mean, he was already scary, but damn, to add some, some, some more into his bag, because it, it's crazy that this man is at his bag has gotten deeper in year 19. <laughs> are, are you, that's that's what's so amazing. I don't think people give enough credit. He's in year 19 with all those miles on all those minutes and miles on those legs. And he gave you 30 in year 19 at 37 when he gave you 30 at 21, the youngest and the oldest. How impressive is that? I, I salute you. We we all should be appreciate appreciative of watching dude play, man. We we're all gonna miss him. You know, I, I was I I played against MJ, but I was sad when he left. But man, I, I I'm gonna be sad when Braun gone because I, I I just love watching dude play. He's just he's so fun to watch. Um, you know, whether it's his scoring, his passing, just how he he creates an environment around his team that it just looks fun to be a part of. Right. Like this year it was it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like that. Yeah, what but, happened this year? What happened with the Lakers? Why didn't it work? Because well, you got old players, bro. That that you went out and got these old guys that if they would have made it to the playoffs, I, I think they would have been a problem. Right. Because that's what they were built for. But you can't go and get these these older guys and think, you know, they're going to play 30-something minutes for 82-game seats and, and, and think they're going to hold up. Defensively is where they struggle. Because they can't guard nobody. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's one thing if you got defensive guys that used to play defense, and it's hard because Trevor Reza right. couldn't sit in the chair anymore. Avery Bradley can have spurts, but he can't do it. But when you get 37-year-old Carmelo and you get these guys that they've never played defense, and now you're asking, asking them to do something they've never done, and they're older. Yeah, you're, you're, you, put, you put guys in a situation that they had to – Garnished um, a lot, a lot of minutes, and be consistent at doing something that they really wasn't good at. Right. 
when they was in their prime. Right. And now that they're older, you ask these guys to do Mm-mm. that's that's not going to work. Right. What advice if you could have given Russ some advice? What advice would you have given him? How to help? Because you know it seemed like he was very confrontational with the media. They ask him a question, and he's like, "Well, what did you see? Uh, well, tell me what I should have done." You know what I'm saying? It seemed like. I just felt that he didn't accept responsibility, accountability for some of the things that were going on. I'm not saying he's the, the sole blame of why the Lakers underperformed, but he didn't look, maybe he did. Maybe that's Russ. Maybe we had a magnifying glass on him because he's playing with the Lakers. Maybe because there's more expectations where there's no expectations in OKC, Houston, and Washington. Well, I think um, with Russ, I think a lot of what happened to him this year in terms of like the negative publicity and, and the the negative uh, write-ups about him, I think he contributed to that. Yes. And I think when he was going through his bad um, bad spells of, of, of playing, I think he should have just kept his head down and, you know, just really just said the right thing. Just just really talk about, you know, put onus on itself. Right. I'm not playing well right now. I'm in the gym working, you know, working on my shot. Um, I'm, I'm talking to LeBron, fig- trying to figure this thing out. I'm working hard every day to try to get out of this. You know, I want to come up out of this. I mean, you're playing for the Lakers. Yes, you, you're on the biggest, yeah. you know, uh, platform every single night. And you're playing with LeBron on top of that. So right. everything is magnified. But I, I think when you're on the defensive side and then you're trying to, then you say that you don't have any expectations when you're playing for the Lakers. But you, now now, now you've opened up a whole can of something yes. that you don't want. And right. I, I think he just should have been, you know, saying that he was working on his game to get better, to come out of the phone, talking to LeBron and doing whatever he could to get back on track. If he was to take that role, I think, you know, a, a lot of that negative press would have been suppressed. Yeah, you can't say you don't have expectations when you play yeah, with the Lakers. For the Lakers. When you look at the lineage that they got from Mikan to Wilt to Kareem to Magic, Worthy, Shaq, Kobe, oh, Baylor, bruh, they got 17 titles. That's all Lakers yeah. Nation know is expectations, is titles. Yeah, but I, you know, listen, man, I, I think a, a, a lot of that stuff on Russ was unfair as well. You know, we're we talking about a dude that averaged a triple-double for three straight years. Like, this dude is a future Hall of Famer. Like, he he, he didn't have a good year, but he's been in the league, what, 14, 15 14, years or yeah. something like that? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man, we, we, can't, we can't do him like that. T-Mac, you played. You know you got to update your resume. That's what you got to do in sports now. Now, what you did two years ago, how is that triple-double helping the Lakers right now? I'm Listen... I, I, I get that. I didn't think it was a match for that team anyway. No. When they made the trade, I didn't think it was a good match. Right. I, I, I don't know what they were thinking. I, I just felt like Russ has to have his own team. He has to have the yes. ball in his hand. Thank you. But it needs – you watch. He could go to a team like Orlando where they have no expectations and the eyes are not going to be on him on a nightly basis and he'll average a triple-double. Your average triple double, and he'll take that team to the playoffs. Yes, yes, absolutely. But when you, yeah. because when you look, you're like, hold on, yeah, man, Russ had ten assists, man, he had nine turnovers. 
Look, man, yeah. Russ, Russ, you, you you inefficient, bro. You shooting thirty. You got to stop shooting threes, Russ. You shooting twenty eight percent. But you got to understand, who Russ is a a strong will, strong minded type dude that he wants to prove. Like when when people are saying stuff about him, I sense that he's a guy that wants to show every and prove everybody wrong. Right, and he just kept forcing the issue. Right, and it, it, it never really turned for him. LeBron said of the current players he would like to play with most is Steph Curry. T-Mac, when he was playing, who would be the one player you would want to play with? That's a trick question. Dak. Really? Chat. I mean, who else? Yeah, well, you're right. I th- you know what? I thought you might say, man, you know what? It'd have been nice to play with Cole. Man, Shaq, bro. <laughs> that, that is the number one choice. <laughs> Always. Yes, it would have been nice to play with Cole. <laughs> but sh- Come on, man. Shaq was so dominant, bro. So, yeah, you know what? Uh, I never got a chance to see Shaq play in person. Explain to our uh, viewers and listeners at home, when Shaq got the ball on the block, what was it like? <laughs> hey, good luck, y'all. <laughs> hey, hold your ground. Man, look. Shaq. And, and I, I forgot who said this. Somebody said, I think KG said, said this. Shaq was raised right because Shaq could have punished and, and he did punish people, but I'm talking about even on a, a on a whole nother level to where I think Shaq could have averaged 35 and 40 points a game. Like, that's how dominant I think Shaq could have been if he was, like, really nasty and, right. you know, just if he wanted to do that. I don't, He didn't have to because of, you know, what he has surrounded him. But he was I, – I, this dude was strong. He had big hands, strong hands. Um, I would, I remember I learned my lesson playing against Shaq because when we uh, when we played against him, we, obviously we had to double team him. So I was one of the guys that will go down and try to double team when he has the ball, and we'll go a double team on the bounce. Right. So I went one time and, and tried to double-team Shaq, but he was in a uh, shooting motion coming up, and I tried to <laughs> knock down the ball out of his hand. And, bro, I about broke my wrist. <laughs> I said, never again will I ever try to do that. You know how guys, when they had a ball, like, at their waistside right. and you try to knock it down? Right. I tried that, man, about broke my wrist <laughs> trying to do that. That dude about took me up out of here, and he still scored. Yep. And, and won. People he don't realize that. Mac, people don't realize how big and how agile people are all like, man, look at Joel and B. Look at, but you got to realize Shaq was probably 20 pounds heavier than Joel, and I believe he was more athletic. Shaq could literally like run like really, really fast. Shaq could really, really run. Not just like for a basketball player, but for a football player, Shaq size 7'1, 335, and can move like he could. Shannon, and he could do a backflip. Back in his day. Come on, man. 7-1, 330, and can do a backflip? Man. (laughs) 
you know, eventually you mentioned it. LeBron's going to be gone. KD's going to leave. Steph's going to move away. Who's going to be the... Of who's gonna be the face of the NBA in the next 10 years? I'm gonna give you Ja, Luca, Trey Young, LaMelo Ball. I think it'll be between LaMelo Ball and Ja. If if LaMelo Ball can get to La La Land, because I think he's built for that. Yes. Like he has that personality, that moxie, like. He's built for that. I, I think he can be that face. But John Morant, if he continues to do what he's doing right now in Memphis, he also can 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 be that face. Man, I need you to explain to me how Luca does what he does. You talk about Joker can't jump over a dollar bill. <laughs> Luca can't jump over a dime. But I'm gonna tell you, uh, Shay, it's it's all skill, bro. That's what a lot of guys lack. Uh, see, uh, these kids nowadays rely on athleticism. They can run fast. They can jump high, right? They can blow by somebody and, and just explode over them. But if you blow out your knee and you're not as quick, you're not as fast, you're not as explosive, what are you falling back on? Right. See, Luca, Luca is not going to have that problem. He's so skilled. He's a big body. He know how to use his body. He got the ball on the string. He's a smart basketball player. He's a great facilitator. And he can shoot. Like, you you. You can't speed somebody up that plays at their own pace. Right. Right. That, and that's why he's so great. He plays at his own pace. He's going to get to his spots and do what he wants to do. Who you like in the NBA finals? Who you like the teams, West, uh, uh, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, and who you got winning? So beginning of the season, I had Golden State okay. winning it all. But I don't know about Seth it's in his injury. So my uh, decision has shifted. I'm going with a rematch of last year's NBA Finals. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win it again. Talk about why is it that Giannis, you don't feel Giannis gets the credit that he deserves? Because when I tell, I say when, when Shaq was being as dominant as he was, nobody said Shaq can't shoot the three, Shaq can't shoot the mid-range. They said Shaq is dominant. Giannis is as dominant. But they're like, oh, man, he can't. Man, he ain't no MB. He ain't no KD. Yeah, but you got to understand, Shaq, these guys, it's like, because, I, and I don't know if you talked about this on your show. Like, somebody asked me, I think I was on Shaq's podcast, and they was talking about, can Giannis play into, in, in, back in, you know, our era where the defense was, was really tight and, um, you know, the, the paint was, was closed up. And I say he would struggle because if you look at when he had some of those playoff series against Toronto where they were just clogging paint on him and he couldn't get downhill on the scene, that's what I was referring to. I'm right. not talking about Giannis now can play in any era because right. he's, he's developed his shot. Correct. He's confident now. Yes. Right? So um, he's not – it was like, well – Shaq, because I was like, he can't, he can't really, he's not a consistent shooter. And I was like, you go back in our era, guys that were stars and superstars were consistent shooters, the, the KGs. And it was like, well, Shaq 
and, and Tim Duncan. I was like, but those guys play with their back to the basket. That's not Giannis's game. Correct. Giannis comes downhill. Correct. So if the paint, if if back then, if you don't, you're not surrounded by all those shooters, and it's upon you to score the ball. Who are you passing to? Because we didn't, we didn't have that type of. Uh, right. Spread off the yeah. they have. Yeah, you didn't have, game. You didn't have Steph and Clay on the same team that could space no. the floor. So, so, so he would have struggled, right? But in today's game, it is tailor made for him because he's surrounded by shooters all on the court. So the paint is open for him to, to to come downhill. Now he's developed the back to the back basket. I see him do the turnaround now. Right now he's shooting the three ball a little bit more. So he's. Uh, I, I don't know if. Why he's not getting that attention? Maybe it's because he's in the small market like Milwaukee, but he's a force. He's a force. With with T, what? How many points would T Mac average in today's game with the floor space like it is right now? <laughs> well, I, I, well, I average thirty two in a in, in a you know sub defensive era, so I'm go ahead and probably put about eight more points on there. <laughs> you, you believe you can get forty a night? Man, look, I think one year I probably could have averaged 40 in today's game because I only shot six threes a game, Shay. Right. I only shot five or six threes a game. That number probably would have doubled. Oh, yeah, you'd been a team. In today's game, and I wasn't, I wasn't going to settle just threes. I was a guy that got to the free throw line as well. Right. So I probably put another, you know, six to eight points on there. And the thing is different about today's game, they let a guy get hot and they won't even get the ball out of his hand. They'll just let him keep cooking. Man, back in the day, you're not gonna get keep cooking no. me. They gonna get that ball at your hand. Yeah, but you know, I mean, when a guy's hot, man, it ain't nothing you can do. I'm shooting over double teams. Right? <laughs> Come on, I'm well, waiting on you. <laughs> well, you see, when you remember, I think it was Memphis. Might have been Memphis or OKC when Book had back to back. He had two fifty point games. He had forty eight. They started doubling him in the backcourt. They like, nah, you gonna give it up? We are not gonna let you get three fifty <laughs> in a row. Hey. That's the way to do it. If you're going to double somebody that's hot, yeah, you better double it in the backcourt because you do it in the frontcourt. I'm, I'm in my shoe range. Right. You're too late. How good would the Magic would have been had you stayed with Dwight? Could you have challenged for a title? Could you have possibly won a title? You and Dwight? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, Dwight played for a title. Yeah. So, <laughs> absolutely, I think, yeah. I don't think people realize how good Orlando oh, Dwight was. Yeah. Yo, White Howard was a force to be reckoned with. Athleticism, athleticism off the charts. I mean, you're talking about having an impact on the game as a guy, somebody that averaged 30 points. He has that type of impact on the defensive end. Right. Like, that's who he was. Controlling the offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, blocking shots, running like a gazelle, I mean, he was phenomenal, man, for those eight years in Orlando. Do you feel you were snubbed on the top 75? I do, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's, I didn't go in my closet and cry and, and, and wanted to, you know, call out the people. Nah, it's I'm a Hall of Famer, Shay. Right. You can't get no – I mean, hey, that's a very select company. Yes. Very select. You were in San Antonio, your last, I think that was your last year. You were so close to that title. T Mac, you, you, you had it. You were 20 seconds away. <laughs> As you're sitting on the bench, you're like, okay, we got this one. We got this one. Just make a couple of free throws. They got to file us. We're going to be good. As you're sitting on the bench, what's going through your mind? 
Shay, let me ask you a question. Yes. <laughs> you, you played your career yes. in Denver. Yep. Right? And you retired from Denver. Yeah. You enjoying life off season. Somebody calls you up. Hey, man, we got we got a tight end. He's hurt. And you come in and, and and give us a body. Sure, why not? Right. Now, it's, it might be a coach that you have the utmost respect for. Right. Right? But when you come back, that tight end is healthy. You ain't really getting no burn. Right. Y'all make a run for the Super Bowl. Right. You don't really play like that. Right. Y'all win the Super Bowl. Do you feel like you was a part of that? Nah. We, we, we competitive, bro. Yeah. We competitive. Come on. You're right. We, You're right. We, we, that's what Matt Barnes said. You know Matt mean? Barnes said he felt like that when he was with the Warriors. Like, yeah, we won if the we, ring, but I ain't do nothing. If you can't contribute to the battles, right? I don't feel a part of that. It was a great experience because I've never been that deep in the playoffs, and to go through, you know, that run with them, oh man, it was it was amazing. I, I love every bit of it. But in terms of if we would have won the ring, it it wouldn't I, have I felt the same. I wouldn't have felt validated as a champion. Right. Obviously, you leave Toronto. You get a max deal as a sixth man. I don't know how many, how many, how many max players were, got a max deal as a sixth. How the hell you pull team back? How the hell you pull that off? <laughs> hey, let's just say that was a good representation. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you're gonna you, you're making the rounds. What are, what are some of the players, some of the, the, the big-name players? Obviously, you go you go to Orlando, and then you end up in Houston. So what are some of the pitches that they're telling you, okay, T-Mac, you come here, but this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to be. So Pat Riley sends the private plane for me in Orlando, flies me to Miami. I meet up with Zoe, and Zoe takes me out back. We hop on some jet skis. I'm like, bro, where are we going? We get on jet skis, and and, and ride the jet skis to Pat Riley's house. <laughs> I'm at Pat Riley's house chilling. You know, he do his own thing, set the rings out and all that. Hell of a pitch. Right. And, you know, so I, I, I went on that visit. Enjoy every bit of that. Go to Chicago. I step foot off the plane, walk through the terminal. When I first step through the terminal, I see... Uh, Benny the, the 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 bull, right? And I see the cheerleaders like they got a whole parade for me in the airport. I'm like, oh lord! Get to the hotel, sitting in my room. They pop in a tape. Oprah send me a personal message. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> Oprah's talking to me. I go to the freaking Cubs game, thinking take me out to the ball game. I'm in the dugout with Ernie Banks. I throw out the first pitch, sitting in the stands. They got an uh, uh, airplane flying over with advertising talking about me. I'm like, oh, my Lord. Like, they rolled out the red carpet for me. But with all that, they were competing against Orlando, which is home. And from a kid, that was my dream to put on that magic uniform. Right. That's, that's the reason why I left Toronto. That's why I didn't sign with the Bulls. That's why I didn't sign with Miami Heat. Yeah, you. you I mean, you enjoyed it. You enjoyed the sell pitches, but you were just like, oh man, I, I do the private jet, I do the jet skis, but I ain't going. I ain't coming here. I'm going to Orlando. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm gonna soak it up. I remember all this. I'm creating memories, but I'm going to Orlando. Who was your toughest guard 
And who do you feel guarded you the best? Of course, it was Kobe. I mean, I think um, he was one of the toughest guys. But that's obvious. I'll give you some of the guys that you probably wouldn't think of. There's two guys that was tough to guard offensively. That was Catino Mobley and that was Jamal Mashburn. Like, them two dudes was a problem to guard. Wow. On the, well, number one, Catino, because he was – they call him Cat for a reason. Right. Right? They call him Cat for a reason. And he could shoot the ball. Um, just tough, wiry, strong left-handed type player. Mashburn's 6'8", know how to use his body. Don't have the athleticism, but can shoot. Couldn't really block his shot like that. And just know how to use his body, man. And he, he had a bag. Um, so he was one of the toughest. And somebody to guard me, our test was pretty tough. Um, I love the challenge uh, with him. And, um, and I can't get nobody else that credit. <laughs> <laughs> you got the record. You scored 13 points in 33 seconds. What's going through your mind? Okay, the first shot goes in, the first two points go in. Do you think, you know what? We got a chance. I mean, if I could just get, because it's never been done before. So did you think that you guys realistically had a chance to win this game? I thought we had a chance to win the game. Uh, based off of what I've done before, of coming close to doing something like that, yes. I, I felt like we had a chance. 13 points in 33 seconds? I felt like we had a chance. I'm, I'm gonna get you out of here on this one. The 2000 Super Team, the 2000. You got Allen Iverson, Kobe, McGrady, Duncan, Shaq versus Steph, Kyrie, LeBron, KD, and Giannis. Who went in that? They too small. <laughs> They're too small. They're too small. Man, Tim Duncan and Shaq gonna have a field day. <laughs> They're too small. Who guard? I want to know who guard. I guess we could put we could put Giannis on Shaq. KD, you got you got T, you got Tim Duncan. Uh, yeah, we too. They too small. Who's Steph gonna guard? I I don't know. Who's Kyrie gonna guard? Kyrie they too small. Say you with you and Kobe and AI ain't nobody guarding nobody. They too small, Jay. They too small. Looking back in your career, is there anything? You could you wish you could have done differently, or your career would have played out differently. What are what are one thing or two things you would change if you could? Nothing, nothing. It, it happened the way it's supposed to happen, right? Right. I, I went through it. I did everything uh, that I possibly can do every time I suited up, and the results is what they were. Right. So I, I, it is what it is. I, I, to me, I had a, a unbelievable career. Right. And my post my post career is gonna be even better. So I wouldn't change anything. Would it, are you upset that you didn't win a championship? Do you believe the perception of Tracy McGrady would change had you won a championship? Not not the one in San Antonio. If you had been a contributing factor, like in Orlando or like in Houston, do you believe the perception of Tracy McGrady, the player, would have changed? I think people's uh I don't know. I, I I think people would call me a champion. Right. You know, I, I think that would be uh, embedded in, in people's mind. But, Shay, I get a lot of love out here, bro. Do you I'm do? respected wherever I go. 
All right, so all right. the guys, the guys in the league know. Players know players, and they, you know, they. they I, I already know they give you the love because you don't yes. score thirty two by being a slouch. Right, <laughs> right. No, you, you don't. And, and and what's crazy is when you hear, uh, uh, he didn't have a work ethic. Like, so you meant to tell me somebody that doesn't work can accomplish all the things that I accomplished in my career. Like that, that's what you're saying. Nah, you, nah. You're, saying this, you're saying this league is that easy that I don't have nah. to work that hard to nah. accomplish that. Nah, you like, might get on, away man. with something like that in high school, but right. and, because you're probably the most talented player on the court. But when you get to the NFL or you get to the MLB or you get to the NBA, where everybody is equally as talented, nah, there got to be something to set you apart. And you got to set yourself apart by how your 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 mental. And your physical and how you prepare yourself every night. It's hard to score 32 points every night for yeah. 82 games. You kidding me? <laughs> well, I want to congratulate you, congratulate you on the OBL. Best of luck with that in its inaugural season. And uh, bro, I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your time today. Hey, thank you, Shay. Appreciate you, brother. Best of luck, man. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life, yeah. all my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle paid the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Right here, right now, find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.